grew up on VHS. I had a little bit of a pause there. Woo woo! Because we did change our name. We're getting used to it. We're getting used to it. Uh, We did change your name from we. What was it? Dare you to watch? I don't remember the old name. That's how terrible it was. No, it was a great name. It just didn't didn't quite vibe with us, I feel. No, it was like too much of a themed thing. We felt like, I felt like I had to keep saying and like bring into the show, which was weird. And I don't know, I think this just fits us. We're like two millennials. We grew up watching VHS movies. It just fits us a little bit more. And we're not, you know, we're not completely siloing ourselves to old VHS type movies. We're going to review everything and anything, but it does you know, point to the fact that we're both millennials and we're pretty much experts on movies, aren't we? Uh, yeah, like I've been watching movies since I was a little kid. So I'm an expert. Okay, thanks. Yeah, that's and I, Yeah, and I took, I took one film school in college. Thanks. Mind you, community college, which is still amazing. But yeah, um, I did take one film class <laughs> online. That's cool. They're even more credentials. And I was in the high school play twice one was Bugsy Malone and one was Little Shop of Horrors. So mm. I, I'm even more qualified because I like, really trod the boards and had that, you know, kind of directorial and, and performance uh, mindset. You practically um, so, yeah. have you practically have a SAG card. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm, I am an actor. But I'm really the actor because I snuck on set to the Arrested Development um, TV show and I was an extra on that. So... Boy, gotcha. Yeah, and one of your close friends, Bertha, she even has said to you that she's worried about you guys taking improv classes together. She's so worried that you're going to instantly become famous and be spotted because you live in L.A. (laughs) Very true. And who I am anyway is Katie. Hi. I never said my name. (laughs) (laughs) And this is Josh. (laughs) We're so good at this. Seriously. (laughs) Old hands. Old hands at this entertainment game. (laughs) (laughs) as this is our 10th attempt to try to start this podcast. So technology doesn't work for everyone in the modern age. I mean, you you make everyone thinks it's all advanced, but in 2020, but it always breaks and that's fine. Um, And we're finally here and we're finally going to talk about Under the Skin, the most interesting movie I've seen in a while. Well, 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 I'm glad you think so. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, foreshadowing. I'm interested Mm. to know your opinion. (laughs) So Josh wanted me to watch this movie, Under the Skin, which is starring Scarlett Johansson and directed by Jonathan Glazer, Glazer, one of those. And I yeah, I don't know what's right. You know, one of those. It's basically a movie from 2013 based on a novel uh, from Michael Faber um, called the same thing, Under the Skin. And it's basically an alien woman scouring the streets for men to lure back to her, I don't know, cracked in, burned out house horrible scary <laughs> shop of like horrors that, doesn't it yeah it's like hh Holmes murder castle like that's what it is and men are just like yeah <laughs> i'm gonna go in there let's do this get naked girl and it's her naked a lot by the way <laughs> so she basically lures them in takes them down and then goes out and does it again until she kind of figures out maybe people aren't so bad and i should not hurt them as much but that's the, yeah, that's that's the gist yeah i mean yeah, and it it's it's interesting because it's such a interesting kind of um you know it's shot very like almost art house style you know there there isn't a crazy amount of dialogue and this was a film for production people may not know what it is but it's a very famous british kind of indie um film house and also um 
was funded by the the UK's National Lottery, which a lot of small indie, small budget movies are, are funded by too. And so it really has that feel about it, um, where they've used you know even like not a lot of non actors and even hidden camera footage of real people for some of the scenes. Um, and it's it really gives it such a unique kind of atmosphere and flavour. I don't know if that's how what was what were your kind of overall thoughts and feelings and reactions to this movie i don't know i guess i went into it just kind of thinking i I mean i really like the beginning there are certain things of this movie that are absolutely amazing like how you said it's you know the way it's filmed um the cinematography in it is stunning i mean i could just pretty much watch the the whole movie just like based on these nature shots that they do it's it's gorgeous um but the opening of the movie is beautiful as well it's just like these spheres that are coming in they're coming into um, turning into basically a human eyeball. I, I mean, I think Josh explained it once when we were talking about the movie, how, you know, in the beginning of the movie, they never ever say that she's an alien, but you just kind of know yeah. it based on the information you're given or like what you view with no words being said. Yeah. You know, so yeah, that's a beautifully efficient movie in that sense, because, you know, you you see this guy pull a body out of of a field um, and over his shoulder and then dump it in the back of a van. And then you see Scarlett Johansson standing over a dead body of Scarlett Johansson. And, you know, the, Scarlett Johansson takes this dead Scarlett Johansson's clothes and just the weird way that she's so emotionless about it it's shot in a completely white room so it kind of looks otherworldly even though it's you know that it's the back of the van because of the way that it was previously shot and and you instantly know that she's some sort of weird alien and especially that opening s- sequence that you talked about where it was all black and weird lights were showing and you weren't sure what was happening and there was like strange, creepy music happening at the same time. So this is black void that you're looking at. And you're like, what is going on? And it immediately grips you. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? And <laughs> but, but very quickly, within just a few minutes, oh, they're aliens. And they've just kind of assumed the identity of this woman. And, and I was just like shocked at how quickly they did that within like five minutes. Somebody, I actually read a review about this movie. And somebody said... Mm-hmm. That that could, that person who had died that Scarlett Johansson was taking the clothes of, you know, right. some people think it's a hu- like a human that she's taking the life of because this woman who's laying on the ground, she does cry. There is a tear that comes out of her eye, which is yeah. like some of the scenes in here they do a lot with very little. So like one tear and like the look in her eyes just like says a lot, and it's pretty messed up. Yeah. But there was um, somebody saying, and I don't know, I didn't read the book, so I don't know, maybe it was a hint from the book, I'm not sure. They said it could have been the previous female alien who was sent there to do that job, and she failed. And so now Scarlett Johansson's taking up where she left off, which would be an interesting premise, like going into that knowing that but I, I don't know I mean I maybe it's the book is like that and it kind of explains that more but I think that would be kind yeah. of interesting to keep yeah. that in mind as I think about the movie now because it's like oh like she you know might have been doomed from the get-go like no I mean it's a very good idea I mean it's interesting because I don't know exactly how much of a faithful adaptation this is from whichever book this was from because I remember reading some Uh, interviews where he was talking about a previous movie called the man who fell to earth and that was like a seed of the idea of of um you know to to make this one but in the process of writing it they they went very far away from that movie but you're saying that there's a book by the same name that might might be more of a close match to this movie maybe you know i don't even know because you know i actually read from there was an article on the guardian 
with the director uh, about this movie. And he actually said the first adaptation of this movie was completely different. It was actually about two aliens that were supposed to be Scottish farmers just uh, masquerading as humans. And it had Brad Pitt on the bill. Like Brad Pitt was signed up for the movie. And this movie ended up taking 10 years to film. Which is insane. So, and not like filming wise, but just the sense of like from script yeah. to, you know, get to the filming and end it. 10 years. Yeah. So Brad, Brad Pitt was like, bye, see ya. Like, this is taking too long. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> peace. Because, and I'm surprised Scarlett Johansson really kept on board. Because this is like 2013. This is in between Avengers movies for her, right? High in her career, making millions and millions of dollars. But she really stuck with this movie from I mean, from what I what I read, just from the get go, and she had a lot of creative. What, do you, what power. did you think of her performance in in this movie? I I liked. I mean, I thought it was amazing. I really yeah, liked her performance. Um, she's robotic where she needs to be. She's you know compassionate and empathetic where she needs to be. She can really flip the switch um, when she's driving through the town. So in the beginning, she you know takes a takes this role of this woman and you know impersonated woman. She's driving around town and she's trying to pick up guys. Which is in so a, in a white pedo van. In a white pedo van, that pedophile van, absolutely. And it's so interesting We've because, all seen like, it. yeah, <laughs> everyone has been like, "Oh yeah, I, I know exactly what they're talking about." That it's just how she picks up men too. It's kind of insane because that is exactly like as a woman, that is exactly how guys talk to you. If you're just like, if they simply ask you like, hey, do you know where the drugstore is? Or do you know where this is up the road? You're giving them directions. And then they'll like randomly just say, and as you're talking, you have beautiful eyes. Like, um, thanks. Anyway, you take a right, right at the gas station. Like it's, it's done so well. And she's doing it with a smile and she's doing it with like, she's asking all the right questions. She's saying like, oh, do you have a girlfriend? Right. Are you married? She's almost trying to like suss yeah. out like, are you single? Can I get you in the van with me? Can I bring you home with me? It's like super, super creepy. But because she's a pretty yep. woman and she's doing it with a smile on her face, she gets away with it. Like creepy van. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Creepy words. Everything is creepy, yet she's beautiful, and so she can get away with it. And that's what you were talking about. Yeah, how- it really flips the script. Like, yeah. you know, because obviously in, you know, society, it's it's very much the, the other way around. And so to see a, a sort of a femme fatale in this predatory role, and as she's driving around, she has this complete blank, emotionless look on her face until she's talking to, to one of the guys, and then she's kind of turning on the imitation of, of what a human would do, and it's, and it's convincing... Um, but they even used like really smart idea, I thought, but they used footage of real people who were completely non-actors who didn't know that there was hidden cameras for some of these scenes where she winds down the window and asks for directions. What did you think of those scenes? Like, how did those kind of hit you? <laughs> so I didn't know that when I first started watching the movie. And yeah. uh, as an American, I actually had mm-hmm. to turn on the subtitles. I don't know if you of have course. that same problem. <laughs> now, well, I... Scottish accent is very thick. Yeah, this, the guys were so... Th- the thick accent. And I was like, wow. Like, they're yeah. really just get it real life. Like, realistic. I c- couldn't understand what they were saying. I had to put on the subtitles. I watch a lot of foreign yep. films. I live in, like, British culture. I love the music and TV. I never have a problem with it until this. And I kind of felt foolish about it. I'm like, oh, gosh. I have to put, put on the, t- the subtitles. How ridiculous. But uh, after reading, like, these are real people talking it's like oh okay well now i don't feel as foolish and damn that accent is strong 
Yeah. Um, I thought that was brilliant. I think it's really cool. And a couple times in the movie, though, see, I'm like an extras freak. I love watching extras. I think extras are fascinating. Mm-hmm. I love it when they accidentally look at the camera. Like, I'm, I live for that shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when I'm seeing these extras, I'm like, wow, like, how did they get them to just be so natural? And like, wow, this is yep. really good scenery. And then I kind of... You know, halfway through the movie, they use it a lot, just like the scenery um, of her walking down the road, and you just kind of see people live in their day to day life. I, I yep. think it's really well done that they actually use real people in real situations. Again, because it, it, throughout the movie, you see um, Scarlett Johansson talk about it, but she becomes more and more sensitive to like the human condition and like how we are and what, you know, we're a little mm-hmm. bit more evolved than just sex and death like (laughs) mating and then dying we're not all praying mantises and black widows like (laughs) there's a little bit more substance to us yeah I just think that she I think using the real people and she's talking to them I I just think it's really really good idea yeah no I completely agree I mean it really grabbed your attention very viscerally for me as well because like I love acting and I do study the craft and stuff and so to see those scenes I, I sort of knew pretty quickly that it was like this feels really real and so I was like wanting to ask Google the question were they non-actors was it kind of hidden camera stuff and it was but it it lends such an element of realism and it kind of really uh, kind of emotionally grabs you you're like what is going on this is real like she's having a real interaction with a real person and it, it definitely kind of gave it that gritty edge of like just these random people in Glasgow now there were certainly many characters throughout the movie um, who were, you know, fr- actors from from the same part of the world and Scottish actors and, and British actors, but you know, it, it definitely lended that creepy edge to it because you're like, oh my god, this is real. She's actually like seducing some random guy <laughs> off the street. Um, and they had, you know, I've read some of the production stuff. They had like, you know, the producers and some other people like hidden in the back of the van, just ready to like pounce out if anything happened. But it was it was so well done, and, and and there was so little dialogue a lot of the time. You know, there was just this constant like hum and strange sounds. I, I think music was used to such an amazing, well done degree in here. It, it really kind of played with your emotions. What did you think about the, the sounds and the music in this? It, I mean, it did lay the tracks for the emotions to come through of the the whole movie. It was basically. Throughout it, these eerie sounds kept going off or just light music in the background just gave you the tone. Again, very little lines. It was all just in the music, the scenery, and in the acting. So that's all you're given. So to like view some scenes, if if there was no music to it, it really just would just be her walking down the street. But because the music or the sounds or the eeriness they add to it, um, it it really makes the scene. And I think when she brings men home, there's a certain song yeah. or like sounds they play when she's like, you know, on that hunting, you know, like they're coming home, she's bringing mm-hmm. them into her lair that she yeah. really, I mean, it's really fascinating. It's that sound. So you hear it then later outside of that scene mm-hmm. um, a few times when she's like basically on the hunt and it just kind of makes you like, oh my gosh, she's going to, you know what's going to happen. She's going to take him home. Like yeah. she's on the hunt right now. And that made that as well. Cause again, so little dialogue, but that music and those sounds really make it. I think that oh, was absolutely. it was amazing. I don't know who did the music I, score for this, but um, I know yeah. the yeah the director he actually directed a lot of music videos, so he probably yeah. had a like his like he's on the pulse of music, and he did stuff for Massive Attack, 
Blur, Radiohead, bands like that. So that's the type of music that I like too. But to add that in there, those sounds and those feelings, it's like reverberating within you. Like that gives you an emotion too. That really lent itself again to it being part of that whole eerie, creepy movie vibe, which I liked. I mean, he had that masterful touch when it came to that sound, purely probably probably because of his background in um, you know the music industry. But it was so subtly done, like it could have easily gone wrong. But you know, it wasn't overpowering. It was very subtle in the background, but it really got under your skin. Like to to use the title of the movie, there was this weird, like constant, like weird, like almost like a heartbeat going through certain scenes, and like it was quite percussive, and it almost sounded like a growl at times. The way that this sound was coming through, and and it and it puts you off guard. Even the the weird sort of screeching violin sounds were almost like they sounded like they were being played backwards. And it, and it just put me on edge the whole time. And because there's so little dialogue, it, it's just giving you this constant tension of like, oh, something's going to happen. What's <laughs> happening? Who's going to die now? Yeah. Every time I just was like, oh, God, that music's starting. I know something's bad's going to happen. Yeah. And, and you know, there was... You know, some interesting themes going on here because, I, you know, we talked about the fact that they kind of switched the predatory role from like a guy to, to a woman's perspective. I feel like there's like elements of, you know, beauty and desire and, and stuff in here. And there was like a scene with like a very um, heavily disfigured man. How did that yeah. scene hit you? Like, I'm kind of interested to know your take on that one. Yeah, that was OK. So that was fascinating to me because the like you said, the roles completely switched. So, you know, she's mm-hmm. this beautiful woman. Yeah, she's driving in the pedo van, but she's driving, you know, and she's asking this guy in direct- for directions. This man, who you can't see his face yet, he's in, like, he has a full hood on. You can't see his face, and he's walking down a dark road alone. Now, normally as a woman, you would run, not walk, run away from this man. You would be terrified. Yeah. You would scream and go the other direction. Not because of the way he looks, because you can't see his face yet. He's just a dark figure walking down the road alone at night, okay? So, you know, any woman in that position where they see anyone, a guy walking down the road. So then she starts talking to him and she engages. She's like, oh, let me get directions. Are you going that way? Well, let me give you a ride. So she picks him up. Okay. She picks up this guy on the road. Like no one ever does this stuff. So then he pulls back his hood and you see this disfigured man. And um, I believe he has neurofibromyalgia fibromyalgia I can't I can't remember the name yeah Yeah. so he has a disease in real life this is not a prosthetic and I actually watched this with my husband David and he um he didn't I just wanted to make sure he knew as it was going like this is not a prosthetic this is actually his uh, yeah his is his face and it I really appreciated they used him I really liked that it wasn't a prosthetic and when she did start talking to him, she never acknowledged his face. She never said anything yep. about it. She didn't ask him any questions about it. She actually just went right into, and I don't know if this is like her alien programming, like she doesn't really know what to talk about with humans, but it was just like, so do you have any, did you have any girlfriends? Like, how, how's your dating yeah. life been? And you know, as we in this society kind of look at that situation, you'd kind of understand, like, he probably hasn't dated a lot of people. You know, I mean, that's just such an interesting question to ask. (laughs) Um, And she actually, like, continues to compliment him on his hands, which she can kind of see, like, I need to compliment him, but he himself has mentioned 
insecurities about how he looks so she you know changes subject a little bit but um later on she like goes to like have him touch her face and touch her neck kind of starting that seducing you know thing that she does so well and it's again like it's so interesting because if the roles were reversed it was a woman in a in a car and you know this guy if uh and a guy drove her off the guy wants to go to the grocery Mm -hmm. store uh, Scarlett Johansson drives him to like her home basically and he's just like I just want to go to the grocery store um she's basically saying like look we're gonna get down and dirty if you come with me so you're all ready like you want to do this with me and he's like um yes you're Scarlett Johansson absolutely <laughs> but um I don't know it's just so yeah. interesting if the roles were reversed no way this would and be you do feel that yeah you feel it you like you feel the fact that you're actually scared for him because you know you've yes. seen her kill other men and, and bring them back to this place and, and in the house there's some weird dark void and they yeah. just fall into this liquid and so you know what's going to happen to him and he's he's a little un, you know unnerved he's like you know this clearly doesn't happen to him um he's nervous you can tell and you're like oh no this poor guy you know like he's like you know kind of craving this this kind of connection and and you know probably doesn't get this a lot and so he's fighting these two feelings he's like something's off here but at the same time i'm you know so craving this kind of connection with someone and it's so weird to see that those roles reverse and you're like oh my god she's totally the predator and she's she's gonna lure him back and and kill him like she's you know lured all the other guys into this weird black goo and 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 that was the other scene that i wanted to know how it hit you was that there was a previous guy that got sucked into the water and they kind of go more in detail what happens to them when they go down there and and how how did that play out for you like what were the emotions that went through that was absolutely the creepiest scene and that stuff is what gets me like that stays with me that scene reminded me of a scene from silent hill i don't know if you've seen that movie but there's a character there's a character in there called pyramid head and this guy he um he's like a monster he basically lifts a woman up and pulls her skin off her body and like her face just contorts in this pain and you just see the pain and anguish in her face that's what this reminded me of and this will haunt me i watched that movie 10 years ago probably this will haunt me as did that yeah silent hill so when i saw this i'm like yep that's gonna haunt my dreams that's gonna haunt my dreams like that gave me chills like (laughs) so basically there's two guys down in this sunken place the dark goo that they you know this this jelly like water substance that they're floating in and then there's this moment where they're looking at each other one of them has been in there for a while and you can tell he's like bloated and kind of disfigured he's kind of being like broken down or tenderized a little bit from this goo and the other guy like they reach out and then they touch each other that yeah, he like totally holds his hand. Yeah, that messed me up. Yeah, <laughs> it was like so hard to watch because you just see this moment, like you know, the guy who just went in there is looking at this guy, like that's going to be me, and you know that's this guy's fate. And then all of a sudden, after they touch, you just see like you know the guy who's kind of being tenderized, who's been in there for a little bit longer, his kind of floating away, and then all of a sudden his all of his everything from inside of him is ripped out from some somewhere it's sucked out of him and all that's left is this like paper thin tissue of skin left floating with his face it is it's insane like that is haunting man that's the right kind of creepy 
Yeah, when I because we Gloria and I watched this in the in the theaters um, back when it first came out, and it was so good because that one scene. I don't think it really comes through on Netflix, but that scene, that popping sound when he he his bloated figure completely pops and and the skin is just left was so loud in a theater. It Ooh. really got me. It was a huge jump. And it shook me. I mean, I was already like completely traumatized by what I was seeing, by this completely horrific, horrific like disfigurement from these people that are getting sucked in. But it just is nightmare inducing, and it and and it really like was kind of puts it into you that like wow, these aliens are like really doing this horrendous thing to these people. Um, and so you know, in the first half of the movie, there's not really any you know, you're not like rooting for Scarlett Johansson. You're not really on her side. But as soon as she had taken that disfigured guy back, she for some reason decides to let him go doesn't she yeah and you know i kind of was looking into like why i didn't understand that she basically takes the sunken guy in and you know he goes through the the goo follows her in and she walks on the stairs and she looks in the mirror and she just looks at herself and she's staring at herself for a really long time and then she actually looks to the left and sees this fly that's trapped and can't get out of like it's on this window and it keeps like trying to get out so i think she kind of sees that like i'm trapping these people like i'm trapping these people to their death and uh, you know i don't know when it was but there was a point in time when scarlett johansson was walking down the street and she tripped and fell and people helped her up yep i don't was that that was all found found footage type stuff where they they just did it on a real street with real people so those are all oh really normal people wow i mean i i i kind of gather that but that's that's again amazing that they did that because that's again real reactions but i wasn't sure if that was before i can't remember or after when he went in there because um i forget yeah it's 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 hard to say the exact chronology but it's definitely part of her metamorphosis into a more human character who seems to be starting to display emotions and sort of concern for for the other humans that she's encountering yeah because she really does start to see like humans aren't that bad not all of them are wanting just like her body and you know they don't it's just it kind of there's more substance to people than just their internal goo (laughs) um but yeah i i think i don't know like i really like that she went back and she took him out and i don't know you know i can't figure out what that turning point was for her but just looking at her her own face and kind of coming to terms with what she's doing so she takes that guy out and she releases him she takes him she drives him back kind of to her his house and he has to walk through a field to get home but then the creepy helper dude comes along and says um no scarlet okay we're killing people we need that goo for fuel or food you don't really know why they need these direct quotes from the from the movie yes Hi, um, we're going to need that guy because we're low on fuel. So thanks. Um, we're just going to take Scar, him Scar. right back. Yeah. I know you thought it was nice to let him out. No, there was none of that. It was all robotic, no dialogue. But we do see him like, you know, go to the guy's house, smash the car up, like basically throw him in the back of the car to kind of deal with the mistake that she's made. And it's, you know, you're like, oh my God, like they, they literally don't need dialogue. Like they, they are so good at, sh- at you know, showing and not telling. Um, and it was, it was like, right, she's done something bad. They're cleaning up and now she's in, probably in trouble. And, sh- and she's sort of run off and, and is, you know, kind of starting to like, do human things and like she sits down in a cafe and she orders a piece of cake and tries to eat it and then 
um, you know, and they, and they take time with it, you know, like she's like slowly pulling the fork up to her lips and she, she puts the, the cake in really slowly to sort of savor it. Uh, and then she's immediately like coughing and spluttering and spitting it out. Um, but, you know, it, it, it starts to, it, it's almost like a movie in two halves because that's the point at which she starts to try and experience life as a human and, and kind of understand what they're going through. Um, whereas up until that point, it had just been seducing and killing. Um, so I don't know if you got that sense as well, that it was just like completely two different halves to the movie, you know? Oh, yeah. I, th- I really feel that that was the turning point, and it did change. So then now, and it almost changed for a little bit of the difference, like a little bit different because, you know, she was the hunter, and that was her prey. But like now, and there's a little middle part where she meets a man who is trying to help her. So now she's just yeah. kind of like this infancy, like, an infant human just trying to kind of learn like what humans are what do they do like what's the experience of a human you know and then it changes again but i think it's for me almost like three parts it it, like the beginning is she's yeah she's the hunter and the prey and then the middle it's like she's this infant kind of like um innocent you then you kind of almost would start to feel feel for her or have a compassion for her because they're trying to humanize yes. her. They're trying to give her like, oh, she has compassion. She has feelings. She can, yeah. you know, care about human beings um, because she meets a guy and he's trying to help her. He's just out of the kindness of his heart. There's really nothing more than that yeah. other than when he tries to get down on dirty with her, which, you know, that does happen. But... <laughs> right. But, the, she, but the, that it was, was really quite sweet. like a sort of tender scene because yes. she, like, I, I, you know, she goes to kiss him, basically. And, like, he's been sort of doing these sort of very nice gestures, like taking her into his home and, you know, taking her on walks in the countryside and picking her up over puddles and things. And, and so she's, like, trying this new thing out you know and it's almost like you know a metaphor for like you know i don't know almost like growing up as a human and being an adolescent and like trying out you know sex and desire and things like that and then they try to get it on and and he he discovers that he tries to like you know hook up with her but then she suddenly like pushes him away and like gets a a lamp off the side of the table (laughs) and looking between her legs like what's going on here um, yeah, I literally awed when he picked her up and took her over the puddle. I was like, oh, that's yeah. so cute. I mean, because then you totally, I realized like, oh my gosh, I'm like compassionate for her, even though she was this terrible being. Yeah. Now I'm like, oh, that poor thing. I mean, or oh, that's so cute. And yeah, and then the yeah. scene, it is very sweet and tender that he does try to like try to make love. And she realizes, oh, I have a hole down there. Like, what's going on? What's that? <laughs> And then she has a moment. I I don't think they even made it clear if she did or didn't. You know, it might have just been completely sewn up down there. You know, it might not be 100% atomically, uh, anatomically uh, like a human. Right, yeah. And that was my question. I asked that to David. I thought like, oh, she probably might not have all the parts. And uh, David's like, ah, she, I think she does. That's, she's freaked out. The guy isn't freaked out. Only she is. I think the guy would be a little bit more freaked out if she didn't have the right parts you know so i was like oh okay that makes sense again we're just going off of emotions visual there's no dialogue in any of these parts i mean barely any so we're just kind of going off of what we're seeing here so (laughs) but then i don't know she you know kind of checks out her body and she's like oh okay i'm i'm working with this i got this i got this body i like it she does a good job i mean it's just you know scarlett johansson 
you know, does just show you with her performance that metamorphosis of like being a little more curious and compassionate towards humans. And you can tell in the way that she's sort of changed her behavior um, as well, that, that that change is going on. And I'm like, wow, again, they're just, they're not telling us, they're showing us. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm sort of tempted to say this is a bit of a masterpiece for me. I, I like, I can't kind of get it out of my head. And I don't normally go back and watch movies. And part of it's just because I feel like the tension is gone from the movie and a lot of the enjoyment comes out of not knowing what's about to happen. And yet I loved rewatching this. And I feel like that's such a sign of an amazing movie that it still gripped me and it still took me through all those emotions again for the second time. And I was like, man, they've done such a great job. But I, I kind of got a hint from you that you didn't feel 100% the same way. Like, there, I feel like there were things you liked and things you didn't. Yeah, I mean, there are things I like about this movie Absolutely. Like the cinematography. Oh, and I mean, just the beautiful views of like the ocean view. We didn't even really, you know, that mm. view where at the beach, um, the, the forest with the, you know, the wind over the trees and everything. I don't know. Like I'm not when there's a lot of question marks at the end of movies or I don't know. I mean, when I'm talking about it with you a little bit more, it is kind of like pointed out to me some of the little things that were being done. So it's very, I mean, this stuff is really helpful. It opens my eyes to see the movie in a different perspective. But as I'm watching it, it's not like it's actively telling me everything I need to know. Like I'm, you know, just telling me I don't want to think about it. Um, Like the the scene with the guy with a disfigured um, face mm. you know when she saves him the scene before that with like her looking in the mirror like I wish there was a little bit more to that I didn't understand what made this moment like what was this moment that right. all of a sudden made her okay I'm gonna go save this guy like what what yeah. changed I wish it would have been like some sort of compassion he showed her like it would have been kind of right. cool if like she tripped and fell going up the stairs to kill him and he helped her up because then it would make me make me understand where she's coming from like Wow, he helped yeah. me up, and I'm on the way. I'm on the way to kill him, and he still helped me. You know, that's that- definitely the flip side from like not sh- not telling you stuff, right? It right. is, you know, intriguing, and and I love that, right? I love that I'm filling in the gaps, and I'm I love that I'm. Co- it's constantly a mystery, like oh, what's going through her mind, like, and I just have to piece it together myself. But I understand from an audience point of view that can be quite unsatisfying at points because you're like what is going on? You're not telling me almost anything. And I'm just here with so many questions and I'm confused and I want the answers. And it's satisfying to have an exact answer that, you know, this character says this and it's very clear, you know, what the motivations are, exactly what, why they're there. We don't really know why the aliens are there. Clearly they're there to eat, kill and harvest humans for some reason, but why? God knows why. Um, you know, it, it can be a bit unsatisfying because if you like to know the answers to that, like, oh, I wonder what their backstory is. Where's their home world? Why have they come here? What, why are they harvesting humans? Why do they need us? You know, um, maybe that would be really satisfying and maybe you think you're going to find that out. You, you're not really. Yeah. Uh, th- these are things that are all going to be left completely unanswered, but it's not about that, right? Um, but it can be a bit unsatisfying. So I'm guessing that's kind of what you were going through. Yeah. And it, it was kind of like, um, I was talking about it after with David. And it was kind of just like, yeah, it's just like, you know, a video or like a movie of a day in the life. You know, like, hey, you know, I was driving my car, talked mm-hmm. to some guys, um, brought, brought one back home. That was fun. Um, went out to the club and um, met another guy, you know, and did some stuff. Like, it was, it was a cool day. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It was just like... <laughs> Cool. Okay, that's cool. It's just like those movies, you see just a moment of time 
in someone's mm. life or like their perspective so sometimes yep. you I guess it is you're always waiting for that answer of like what's the motivation what's the backstory I and I want more and I'm like that with a lot of movies I am like give me yeah. more I want more stuff and not like I need answers because that's not always it it's more like I want more background I guess yes. or a motivation right. for something like I need to know why she went from point A to B with like saving people like it, just the yep. little things like that some dialogue isn't always necessary and i appreciate right. how they went about that that was great and it said they did a lot with um very little dialogue but like why did she switch you know i mean what was like yeah. those little things so give me something a bit more like why are they motivated to get human beings like give me something right. or like some interaction with like she's actually there with th- two three one or three i don't know one or three yeah. other aliens and they're all there kind of trying to make this happen maybe some interaction between them a little bit more instead of keeping them so separate like him being angry with her if he didn't if like if she didn't get one home like i don't know it's just like i'm missing motivation i guess in a lot of this stuff and that's the only i totally get where you're coming from yeah for me you know this is the this is devil's advocate here (laughs) i feel like doing too much of that would have made it a little cheesy i think yeah Part of the the beauty of this movie is the fact that it's so enigmatic. You're constantly on the edge of your seat because you don't know the full story and you're having to piece together. You're like, okay, there's a whole scene where her and this motorcycle helper dude who's been helping her kill people and stuff, she he is literally stood directly behind her, just staring at the back of her head. And then he very rhythmically t- goes you know, to a 90 degree angle of her, looking at her side profile, waits a few seconds then moves on to the front of her, waits a few seconds just staring at her, and it's very methodical, very robotic, and you have no idea what, what's happening. You have, yeah. There is no real indication, and so you have to fill in the blanks yourself, and you're saying, well, this is, to me anyway, was an indication that she is some sort of, you know, almost like a, a robot sent out, or, or, you know, and they're trying to look and see if she has any defects, or if anything's wrong with her, or if she's functioning well. But you don't know any of that. But I, I loved that. I loved the, the mystery. And I was it kept me asking and kept me engaged and being like, oh, my God, what is going on? And my mind is just racing and filling in all these blanks of like, oh, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. But it also keeps me a little creeped out because mm. it's like if you don't know, you know, that's often the beauty of horror movies is, is if you don't know the full extent of these monsters, that's what's freaking you out. And, you know, you look to something like Dreepers Creepers, the movie was great until they showed it was some weird lizard thing. And then I, like, oh, I, I absolutely I agree. Anymore. I absolutely agree. And actually, that's so yeah. true. I mean, the more I see the monster, the less it's scary it is. And I, yeah. I will, you know, there's a lot of truth to what you're saying because I will mm. get so bored with a movie if I'm pretty sure I know what's going to happen. I kind of roll my right. eyes. I'm like, ugh, okay, I have to finish this movie because even though I, I know what's going to happen, or even if I don't know, like it would, they have a twist maybe I didn't catch. Um, I'm, you know, you're still kind of going through it like, ugh, roll eyes, got it. Yes, he's going to kill her. Oh no, they're going to have, yeah, okay, they're going to get killed while they're having sex. Woo, like what's new? And this yeah. movie, and I, I mean, we, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know what was going on. I, it does make me pay attention a lot more. And you do notice those finite things or those, you know, finite things because you have to. You have to pay attention to every surrounding thing. I mean, I found myself even looking at ads in the background. Like, is that symbolism for something? Does that mean something else? Like, 
there was an ad on like some bus and it was like, you can do it. And like, go get them, girl. And it was just like an ad in the background. And I'm like, oh, that probably, that's probably, you know, towards her. And, you know, you go into those little niche little things or the little things in the background more. Um, Mm -hmm. So I do appreciate that, definitely. And I don't want to be spoon-fed answers for a movie. That is very annoying and frustrating. Um, So yeah, I I do like movies There's a fine line. Yes. I I, I get it. It's it's like you, you don't, you know you can go too far in each direction and I I get that some people will come to this and and feel that and and it doesn't you know it doesn't have a satisfying ending like you we're used to narratives where there is some sort of satisfying payoff at the end and I don't think this movie really gives you that um it does make you feel strong emotions and there is you know it's a it's a pretty traumatic ending um and so you do feel things, but it's not the typical things you're expecting to feel. So sometimes that can feel a bit unsatisfying, you know? Yeah, and I mean, I we're kind of talking a little bit about the end. I really like how the roles again change. That's where I think it's the third part of yeah. the movie where the hunter becomes the right. hunted. I mean, a, a, yeah. she is on a walk in the forest and a guy, she encounters a guy and he uses the same line on her that she uses on yeah. other guys. I mean, it was totally oh, like... I'd forgotten that. Yeah, like he asked her, um, gosh, uh, like, are you here alone? You know, basically a question like that. Yeah. And she goes, yeah, I'm alone. And then right, like she takes one step and she looks back at him like, oh, crap. Like, that's what I do to my prey. Yeah. Like, uh, I should... I should definitely keep an eye on him. So it was really kind of cool to see that flip. And again, you know, with so little dialogue, when there is dialogue, it's very meaningful. So I do appreciate that yeah. too. Um, the more yeah, I talk no, about it, was, the more I like powerful. it. <laughs> but uh, yeah. 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 It takes a while. It's it's definitely one, it's like very hypnotic with all the music and, and the sort of the rhythm of it. There was something that just will not leave your mind. Like I can't stop thinking about it. And that's why I, I highly, highly recommend this movie. It's just, it, it really does affect you. And, and there isn't too many movies these days that I think can really fall into that category. But yeah, there's something special about it. I mean, it's, it's, it's shot like an indie movie. Like, you know, even just certain scenes, you just wouldn't see. Like, there's a clo- when she fell over in the street, there's a close-up of her face for like 30 seconds to a minute. And it's so close, you know, there's just, it's just hair and you can see a little part of her face. I'm just like, you will not see shots like this in a normal Hollywood movie. Even the, the weird voids that you find her in, whether it's the back of the van and it's completely white or it's her house and it's this weird black glass that then turns into water that sucks them in. I have never seen anything this weird and, you know, very sort of surreal. I think I feel like it's quite. There were quite a lot of surreal elements in this, um, so it's it's a joy in that sense because it's such a unique experience. Yeah, and th- this movie does stick. With, I mean, it will stick with me. It's not one to forget. You know, I watched so many movies, and I think I said in the last uh, episode where I'm just like, you know, I watch a movie yeah. and I forget the plot immediately. This one, I wouldn't. You know, it does leave an yeah. impact. It's you know, it's it's worth. I think it's definitely worth watching. And I might have been hard on it in the beginning, mm. but honestly, the more I talk about it, and the more you kind of dissect this movie, the more you kind of appreciate the little things that are happening because it is just a ton of little things that you appreciate and I guess I don't know I I never thought anything was too forced until like sometimes I'm like what does the director want me to get here and I'm not gonna say what happens at the end but there's a little thing at the end where she's kind of looking at herself 
if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And it just yeah. was a little, what am I supposed to be getting here? I, sometimes when movies right. kind of make me keep asking that question, what am I supposed to be getting out of this? Like, uh, is there a yeah. lesson to be learned? Is this supposed to be really artistic and I'm supposed to know that this is supposed to be yeah. like uh, some deep, dark meaning that I'm just not understanding? Yeah, yeah. I, there's certain times. I think, I think for most of the movie, it did avoid. because there are It did avoid it, are, yes. It's, it's art house, but... Um, you know, it's not too art house, but then that was a moment where it came to be a little pretentious. Yes. So I agree with you there. It's it's like, oh, you know, this is a beautiful painting and, you know, fill in fill in the emotions here and but so I do get I do get your point. But I, I've seen other movies fall foul of that way more than this. If anything, this was a little a little bit at the end of pretentiousness, but throughout the whole movie, I actually do a great job of being down to earth and having a simplistic story. But yeah, yeah I, I agree. agree. Towards the end, a little bit like, oh, okay. Yeah, just the very end, but the rest of it is very like well done. It, d- it did not make me do that. So mm. I liked how right. that kind of, it was, it was the simplicity in it, but complexity, like it's kind of, simple yeah. but complex at the same time um it wasn't overdoing it at all a you know a tiny titch at the end but i didn't walk away from it being like ugh, that like wh- what's that about yeah right. it was just like ah, oh, okay mm, weird all right mm, i'll have to try on. and think if there's any films like that that really fall into that category i want to say like 2001 a space oddity Odyssey <sighs> is like that i mean it's been so many years since i've seen it. i saw it as a kid so i'd have to go back and watch it but i feel like that is very kind of super surreal and just like poetic and you know what is going on here (laughs) yeah and i i've seen clips of that movie i read the book and i've heard about the movie i didn't even get to the Mm. end i don't think with that one and those are the ones that are just like oh gosh screwdriver in my eye please like i can't this is too much Ugh, no, thank yeah, you. you've gone full-on pretentious now. <laughs> yeah. I've had enough. Yeah, and I can't name any because I don't tend to watch those. Like, um, even, uh, I don't know, I, I could list a few, but then I don't want to get yelled at for them. People might be their favorite movie. Yeah. An anime example is like Evangelion. It's like a sort of critically acclaimed anime, and it's actually one of my favorite anime. So I think this is hitting mm. on the fact that I actually really do like those quite abstract, <laughs> surreal things, and I love filling in those gaps because I love Evangelion. But even I can admit towards the end that it really lost itself in symbolism and you're just mm. like what on earth is going on there's all this like religious symbolism everywhere and things getting crucified and mm. you know gods and demons and you're like oh what what is it and they're not really explaining anything and you're like oh my god it's so pretentious no thanks ticket back <laughs> refund thank you <laughs> no but evangelion's good you have to watch it oh my god some of the action scenes in evangelion i've never ever seen anything like it in my life um yeah. so if for anyone listening watch evangelion it's on netflix it's like nothing you've ever seen in your life and that's worth it i think to, to sometimes with these things it's just the ending that gets a little too crazy you know endings can make a break but Overall, yeah. I think if it's good, it's just going to be, you're going to enjoy it. It's fine. I, with what? Evangel- yeah. How do you even say it? Evangelion? Evangelion. Yeah, I believe that's how okay. you say it. There's it, it, like a full name to it. It's just, this is how you know it's pretentious. Neon Genesis Evangelion. Ugh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Too much. It's really good. I'm going to force you to watch an episode one time. Uh, David's already made me watch a lot of, um, is it Mirakami? Mm-hmm. 
Is that it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Like yeah. Princess Mononoke? Sort of the Disney. Yeah. Oh my God. Princess Mononoke is one of the best so films good. I've ever seen in my life. So oh. good. So I do watch anime a little bit and David started mm. uh, getting me into it. So it's my little baby step into um, anime cool. is Mirakami films. And I believe HBO just picks all of those up. So, um, you know, you oh. can watch them all on like HBO now, go, who knows, um, one of those. So I'm I Damn. I really like those and there's some there's some there's symbolism in those movies left and right yeah. symbolism's huge in those movies but it's not pretentious yeah. to me so right. I, you know that's done in a way to where it's, I like you know I like that again it's not spoon fed to me but I see it and it's yeah. not over the top so I do I do like and appreciate those yeah I mean Murakami I mean he is considered like an absolute god of sort of animation and sort of storytelling in general he's like the Disney of uh, you know Japan so um, you know most people would have seen one of his movies at some point Spirited Away is another big sort of critical acclaimed was in all the movie theaters at some point it was and it's very good um, so yeah check out check those out as well yeah and I saw that that was a really good one I like that one too I think I, I've watched a few so what about yeah, no, they, I mean, I would suggest going through the whole catalogue. I still haven't seen them all, so I'm looking forward to that. But what about next week? What do we, uh, did we pick on, we, pick, we did pick something, didn't we? Yeah, so, um, yes, we picked, um, I thought it'd be wonderful if Josh watched mm-hmm. The Craft. Um, it's about these cute little teenage girls in a private school that get, a, get a dabble in witchcraft a little bit. And thing, you know, problematic things ensue. It's like the goth girls clueless. Oh wow, I'm in for a treat. I can see this sounds like uh, is it Bewitched with uh, Sarah Jessica Parker? It kind of sounds like that. Wow, I really sold this movie terribly wrong. Um, it's an early 2000s uh, movie that's kind of like Scream with a little bit of clueless and um, a whole lot of witchcraft um, and bloodletting and rituals and dark darkness. So Ooh. yes. Spooky. Nothing like right. Bewitch. <laughs> I really uh, understand. Gloria is still trying to get me to, to do the Sanderson sisters from Bewitched as a <sighs> Halloween costume, and I am refusing. <laughs> Um, Who does so she want we'll, you to be? Sarah Jessica Parker? I think so. I think that's the one she keeps telling me to be. I don't Josh know. is blonde, by the way. So I, that's why I suggested that. Not because he's a ditz. Right. <laughs> also, Josh is blonde is my Twitter handle if you want to come say hi. Well, hello. Josh at uh, Josh is blonde go. on Twitter. And we have a Twitter as yes. well. Um, yeah. Yep, We grew up on VHS. And we're getting on Instagram. We grew up on VHS. Uh, we're all over the place. So we can link yeah. those in uh, our descriptions. But uh, yeah, we'll hope to see you needs. on there. I know. We're, we're getting out there. We're doing our thing. And hopefully this audio <laughs> is like fan frick fantastic because we've had a couple you know, audio well, issues. Fingers crossed. Yeah. That's yeah. all we can hope for. <laughs> fingers crossed this all one right. works out. All right. So until next time, uh, we'll be listening and talking about the craft. And uh, we'll see you all then. Can't wait. All See right. ya. Bye.